Welcome to Knit British, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre and knitting. On this journey, meeting the people involved from sheep to skein, I am your host, Louise Scully. Knit British and love local wool. Welcome back to the Knit British podcast and a huge welcome if you are joining us for the first time today. I hope that you are all well and cheery and if you uh, are a returning listener, I hope you enjoyed our little summer break. I am going to get right on with today's episode because it's a long one. I went to the Border Mill in Duns in the Scottish Borders which is a small-scale fibre spinning mill with a specialisation in spinning alpaca fleece. If you were at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you may have seen John and Juliet Miller or bought some of their delicious alpaca yarns, which they produce at the mill. They had some incredible soft, lopy yarns and their lovely alpaca tweed, which has recently become a favourite at Loop, who've commissioned bespoke colourways of that yarn from John and Juliet to sell at the store in London. Processing, spinning, dyeing, even weaving all happens at the border mill and I was really eager to visit and take the tour. I've got some great images of the trip too to share with you, so please do visit www.knitbritish.net slash ep hyphen 62 to see them and it'll perhaps help add a visual to illustrate the tour. A word on background noise, this is a working mill. It is noisy and I've tried to work on the sound during larger parts of the tour so that the background noise isn't too intrusive, but it's not too quiet either because I know that you like to feel like you're part of the Knit British interviews too and you like to feel the atmosphere and to be honest, the mill machines and noise is a great part of the tour and should be experienced. About an hour's drive from Edinburgh, a very enjoyable scenic route with lots of sheep I might add, is the Border Mill. John and Juliet and the mill staff gave us a very warm welcome, as did Izzy, the mill dog. And after a cup of coffee, John, the master of machines, took us on a tour of the mill and showed us the entire process from the fleece coming in to yarn and beyond. So without further ado, grab a whip, grab your drink and come with us on a visit to the border mill. Just have this on, and then I might just ask yeah. some questions along the way. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just do we'll just do the kind of normal tour. Yeah. That we do for any visitors. Walking into the main working part of the mill is a hive of humming of machines. On the floor are all the machines. John will walk us through each part of this on the tour. There's also a custom-built mezzanine for fibre sorting. Right, this is stage one. This is the tumbler. Uh, alpaca, you might see as we go around actually, there's a lot of dust in the mill. But alpacas are very dusty things. They like to make um, earth and mud baths and run around and roll around in it. <laughs> so the first thing we do once we've got the fleece in the mill is um, after unpacking it and weighing it and labelling it and putting it in boxes is we actually just give it a 15 minute tumble outside. Okay. You can lose up to about 
anything between 5 and 10% of its incoming weight just in dust. So, um, so quite interesting, when you talk about return rates with sheep, it's because you wash out a lot of the grease with alpaca, it's not a greasy fibre, so you're washing out the muck. But they're very mucky creatures, so, uh, so it gets a really good tumble first before we wash it because that eases the pressure on the washing process. Okay. So that's stage number one. Yes. Uh, up here we have all the people's stuff that comes in, uh, our own stash of alpaca for making our own things, um, and a sorting table up there. Okay. It's just a mesh table because yeah. alpaca um, also attracts a lot of vegetable matter. A seeds, whatever else, and if you just spread it out and that to give it a good shake, it often it just drops Falls through the mesh. Out. Yeah. So uh, Kate, who's not here this week, um, she's our production manager. She's in charge of keeping track of what's in, what's coming up next, who, who hasn't sent theirs, who needs a reminder email, um, and sort of planning the week's work. We're running a humidifier at the moment. We're trying. We want humidity to be somewhere between 60 and 70 percent, and then. Static's not so much of a problem. There were days, not last week but the one before, where it was about 35% humidity and it was just too dry and it was everything was flyaway because oh. we're working with really fine fibres here. We've got to keep it somewhere around about 60-ish, plus or minus, well, plus a wee bit preferably. Yeah. Somewhere between 60 and 70 is about perfect. Too high humidity is a pain as well. Yeah, but, um, so does that have an effect as well as on the uh, the working conditions? Does that have an effect on the finished product? Uh, no, we, we, we try to mitigate it. Yeah. Um, we we um, either we spray a little bit of, or we run the humidifier, yeah. or we spray a little bit of um, its conditioner oil, oh, yeah. basically, um, just like you would for washing your hair <laughs> uh, on the fibres, and that helps to get through all the machines without too many static problems. If we know we're having static issues, we might just go back and rewash and re-oil and the, the, the key is not being too cold and not being too hot but uh, in, if the sun comes out in here it's usually something around 26 27 degrees kind of roast <laughs> okay so that's stage one and then, and then we go right the way back through to stage yes. two we go back to the washing and drying area and meet juliet who is washing fleece firstly we talk about fleece quality and what makes a really great yarn <laughs> so, uh, after it's been tumbled, we bring it, we weigh it again. Yeah. Uh, because we, we keep a track of all the different weights at all the different stages because we bill people according to how much fibre is left at any stage. Yeah. So that we don't just base it all on incoming weight and give a flat price for everything because some people's fleeces lose more fibre, others lose practically none. Um, and it's kind of balances out in terms of fairness yeah. for people. Yeah. So we're not, we're not just charging them for... You know, sheep fleece weighing 10 kilos that came in at the start and after it had been washed there was only 5 kilos yeah. left because it was so mucky or whatever. So, so it's a bit, make, makes it a bit more sense. A quality control all the way through. I guess. Yeah, and, and we, just, we just keep an eye on what's happening. So if fleeces are losing a lot at the fibre separators, for example, we want to look at it and see why. There was a case recently where someone sent us two grey fleeces from different animals uh, and they were blended together. And then we put them through the one was slightly coarser than the other, and when we put them through the fibre separator, we ended up with two grey fleeces again, because the fibre separator just kicked out one of them and let the other one through. Mm. So we ended up with two batches of grey that we made for the, that person. Wow! So uh, so it shows that the machines do their job. Yeah. But uh, it was quite interesting. Because not all alpaca is equal. There's alpaca that's 15 microns, and there's alpaca yeah. that's 35 microns. Yeah. And the 35 micron piece might actually be somebody's beloved pet. Yes, and, and they want a very special yarn made out of it, which is 
absolutely fine. But if, if we want to make a, a really nice, consistent yarn, we want lots of consistent fleece, uh, somewhere between 18 and 23 microns, and all of a decent staple length, yeah. and no short fibres. Not, not a lot of guard hair or anything like that in it. Yeah. So we just we just want so that's the key to alpaca in the UK at the moment is getting more and more consistent fibre because there's really there's not a lot around. At no, the moment. and, and it's quite hard to get hold of it. Small operation as well. Then you will see a lot of vast mm, different huge variations yeah. in what we get. Yeah. 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 Um, if we're making for ourselves, we go to specific farms where we know we know the breeders and we know the quality of the fleece, so we get what we want. Yeah. Uh, for buying, but if people are sending to us, then a lot of the time it's, as you say, it's pets or, um, you know, people who just want some for themselves or to make Christmas presents for people. We get, or people who want to make small knitted things for farmers markets or whatever. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a big operation, operation. where we want huge, consistent amounts of. Uh, many tons of alpaca fleece. And then I guess um, if the same customers come back each year, I guess the alpaca fibre changes over time. Is it like sheep? Do they start off at like a certain micron and it might get a bit coarser as time goes on? Depends on the alpaca. Okay. That's where the breeding comes in. Crea produce the finest, softest yeah. fleece, the first, but it's full of vegetable matter because it just it's got little corkscrew tips that just attract ah. everything <laughs> in the field. Uh, the second fleece um, when they're clipped when they're a year old or just over a year old or whatever um, can often be as fine and as soft as a creative fleece but it's the one it's whether they hold the consistency yeah. after that that's the okay. key because they live between you know 15 to 20 years yeah so you can get potentially 15 years worth of really good fleece yeah. depending on the genetics that are in the animal because yeah. there might be reasons for a very fine fleece which are linked to uh, the environment uh, you know feeding regimes or whatever um, you know uh, you get very fine fleeces in Australia because because, because they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't they don't get a lot of food. But as soon as they're over here with really lush um, grazing, yeah. then the, the fleeces can coarsen quite dramatically. Oh, okay. And in fact, you can even see that if you ever get a histogram done of a, an alpaca fleece, you can see when it might have been stressed, when it might have been ill, when it was when it was summer and they were getting lots of good food, um, and so because of the micron changes across time. That's incredible. Basically, every alpaca will give you two good fleeces. It's whether you'll continue to get them after that. Yeah. But if you've got a six or seven-year-old alpaca whose fleece is still fine, then the likelihood is that will carry on, on being perfectly yeah. nice. So we do see some really nice fleece. Okay, so what's the next stage? Uh, washing. washing. So we've got two kind of industrial-sized washers. We don't wash an awful lot of time, mm. up to a maximum of about five kilos in okay. total. So each compartment in these washers can hold a single batch. So, for example, so someone sends us three fleeces, we put one fleece in number one, another fleece in number two, another fleece in number three, and then it very gently, it, the water's about 40 degrees centigrade usually, for, between 40 and 45. Um, it goes, it rotates very gently, about 12 RPM, and water comes, is showered it through it, um, which the theory is that it washes the dirt through the fibre and out the bottom. Jewish yeah. actually, beer mills are, are very good. They're always developing, Tinkering. yeah, developing yeah. the process and improving the machines. And whenever they do that, they always try and make a retrofit. Okay. So that this machine, which is 14, 14 years old years now, old. that had the original system where it used to just fill from the bottom. And the, and the stuff just sat there and soaked for like like having a you know with its book in the bath. <laughs> yeah, and they, they realise that really if you're going to wash your hair, you have a shower. Yeah. So you really do want the, the water to be flushing down from the yeah. top. 
So this actually works quite well. They're, they, they're designed to be sort of semi-automatic, but in fact, we found it worked best if we... Can you keep an eye on what's happening? We, we operated them quite manually, actually. We Because we, even the amount of soap that we use will vary yeah. according to the, the stage it's at and the type of fleece. It sounds bizarre. It took us a while to actually acknowledge that this was the truth, but black alpaca fleece... Particularly black, but very dirty. Is dirtier than white. It, it absolutely. It just isn't. holds on to the muck. It looks for some like reason. it looks like chocolate yep. soup when you're when you're washing <laughs> a, a black fleece for the first time. And actually, there have been research papers done on it. You know, the, the microscopic structure of the fibre is different, and it does mean that it attracts and holds on to the dirt more. So different wow. types of, of, of fibre need different yeah. types of. Well, not, not, not a nice coarse alpaca fleece will get beautifully clean, of course, but a very 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 fine one will be mucky. Yeah. But we've also found that um, because alpacas love to roll, that's why we do the, the tumbling stage at yeah. the start, but in particular if they're wet and then they have a wriggle and a roll and they basically grind the dirt into the tips of the, of the fibres, what we found is that actually we could wash it a hundred times at this stage and it, it wouldn't get it completely clean. So what we actually do now is after it's had several cycles through the washing machine, so it's as clean as we can get it, it then goes onto the racks to dry. Then it has a couple of the processes in the main part of the mill where it's really opened out and it goes through the fibre separator so that it's really fluffy. Oh, yes. Like, like oh, yeah, what a difference. Wow. So this stuff is pretty clean, but you can see there's slightly dirty yes. tips there. We, we would just never be able to just wash those out until it's been pulled apart. Wow. So what a difference. Back and it has this second wash where it actually makes a huge difference. We actually discovered it the first time we were trying to use some dyed um, fibre because we, 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 we washed it, we dyed it, and then we've gone through the process as we used to do it there, where it gets opened up, separated, and then straight onto the carder, drafting and spinning. And it just wouldn't spin. We got through all those processes and it just would not spin. And John noticed that there was actually quite a lot of color residue coming off on the rollers. So it showed that basically, and because it was dyed, it was so obvious that it, the fleece just wasn't clean enough. So we brought it back, rewashed it, back through the other processes, and it's fun like a dream. And ever since then, we've done the extra wash after yeah. the fibre separating, once the fibres are all open. That's yeah. it, 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 The mini mills engineer, when we told him, he said, oh my God, that's such a lot of work. But actually, we found it just makes such a big yeah, difference. It makes a lot easier at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. So instead of struggling with the spinning, yeah. So how long do you, does it stay in there in the, in the vat for? For that, for that first, the first wash from dirty fleece, it generally has about three cycles of washing and rinsing. So it probably takes about two and a half hours. Okay. And as, as John said, it's, it's probably about four, four kilos that we do at a time. Yeah, you yeah. have to splosh it as well. It's a, a technical part of the process. <laughs> you splosh the wash. Because obviously we, we, we don't want to felt it. But in fact, alpaca doesn't felt very easily no. anyway. So... It, it really doesn't tend to be a problem, so we just need to make sure there's a little bit of movement in, in, of the fibre in the water. Um, and and no then big changes in temperature. When it spins at the end, it actually spins really quite quickly though, which is one of the reasons we have to be very careful to balance the load in the machine, oh, yeah. have the same amount in each chamber, because otherwise it, would, it literally does walk, walk around the room. <laughs> um, but it does mean that when it comes out, it's... Uh, this has just come out. Okay, oh, wow. It's, it's, it's damp, but it's... Yeah. Oh, it's so gorgeous. So depending on the, the weather conditions, and at the moment on a sort of steamy wet day like this, yeah. this, this, this will take two or three days to dry, but if it was nice weather, it would only be a, a day or so, yeah. and, and then that would be ready to, to move on. When it comes back for its second wash after it's had some processing, that just needs just a quick, a little tiny bit of soap and a rinse, and then that's, that's 
Wow. Back to be carded and spun. So then that's the next part of the process is the carding, is it? That's the next part after the second watch mm -hmm. at this point. It goes to be opened. This is Georgia, she's uh... <laughs> Hi. Well, are you in third year? Sorry, this bit is kind of noisy. This is Georgia, who is a third year textile student at Heriot Watt, and she's doing some work experience at the mill, working on all aspects through production and also weaving. John and Juliet have a small staff, including mill assistant Holly, who was skeining the forthcoming alpaca silk while we were there, and apprentice mill technician Bruce, who was hitting the books when we arrived. Georgia is on the fibre separator here, hence the noise, which little locks of washed and dyed fleece go in at one end and out of the other end. Ah! Oh wow, it's like clouds! Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible! So to just like open it up, the machine? Yeah. It's taking out these coarser fibres and the vegetable matter and wow. just leaving behind Alpaca clouds. Exactly. <laughs> it's a very, very clever machine, which makes a huge difference to the quality of the finished product. Yeah. Um, and all that's happening is that these, these two rollers are rotating very rapidly in opposite directions, so that a fine fibre gets fed through and it's flexible, so it just conforms to the change in direction okay. and comes through to the back. Whereas the coarser fibres are stiffer, so they don't bend quickly enough and they just drop out. And so there's a fair bit of vegetable matter. It is quite similar to a carding action, apart from it's not really Not, yeah. As, as, as happens there. Um, certainly when this is client fleece, which this is, we're always trying to make sure that we, we, we want to maintain the quality of the finished product, but we don't want to lose too much of their no. very precious fibre. So we will normally put the, this reject fibre back through the machine again to make sure we're not losing any of the good stuff. That's brilliant. When it's our own fibre for our own yarn, we don't tend to mind so much about the loss. We just want to make sure that the, the good yeah. stuff is really good. Yeah. Um, and again, we can adjust the speed. So the faster the machine goes, the less time there is for the fibre to react So um, to, get to the change of direction. So you'll lose more. So again, okay. we'll adjust the speed of the machine depending on the quality of the fleece and how much how much we need to take out of it. Yeah. For the fibre separator, actually, it goes through this little machine, which is just the picker or opener. Okay. Unless something's gone terribly badly wrong in the wash, it won't have felted, but it's still a bit lumpy and clumpy. Yeah. So this just makes sure that um, it, it's just loosened up a bit before it goes onto the fibre separator. Because although those machines are great, big, noisy, clunky, Actually, the, 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 the spacing between the rollers is absolutely critical to it working properly. Okay. So you don't want about twelve thousandths of an inch. Yeah. Oh wow. So, yeah. So you don't want any lumps of fibre to go in there and start to and then push come up. Yeah. Yeah. At every stage of production, it is plain to see that John and Juliet put a lot of hard work and dedication into making a really great product, not only for their clients, but also for themselves. We look at some client fibre being carded in just a few minutes. After the fibre separator, that's when it goes and has that second wash. After that, it then gets a light spray of anti-static oil, because static is the big evil, and then it's, <laughs> then it's ready for carding. So what's getting, this is what's getting carded here. So this is, this is the um, it's DRA4, 
So we know it's um, that's the hard prefix. It's Drum Ron Alpacas from Northern Ireland. Okay. And that's their batch four, it's their white. They want half of it as light UK and half of it as Aaron. Okay. And so, how much how much did they send to get processed? Uh, probably about 30 kilos in total. Okay. But she's got six batches, I think, okay. or six, six or seven batches. So basically they're individual animals. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, 3.3 kilos of that animal, whichever one that was. Um, after it had been tumbled, it wasn't very dirty, so there's 3.3 still left. After separating, well, I lost 500 grams of separating, which oh, means yeah. it probably was taken out with a lot of the rubbishy stuff. But it's also dry, so after it's been washed again and has been conditioned, it's still three kilos. So if we, we put a bit of moisture back in, yeah, um, which helps with the processing. So she's going to get one and a half kilos of each processed. Brilliant. Probably end up with about 1.3 finished products wow. each one and then I don't know what she does with it but she wants it in 100 gram skeins I imagine it's for um, farmers markets and whatever else so but, um, and the, um, the double knit and the iron weights the more popular ones or uh, we do a lot of light DK which is a sort of four ply length per 100 grams um, but it's made up of we do it with three strands yeah um, so it's quite a nice round, yeah. yarn. Yeah. But a, a lot of people like it as an option. Not not a lot of people ask. Not too many people ask for two ply, actually. But we do a lot of four ply DK, light DK. Okay. So we are trying to wean people off just going for completely standard. standard so so, so we, we, we've got um, the stuff we make for ourselves, which is we, we call it the alpaca tweet, which is just the two soft spun worsted weight plies. Um, a lot of people quite like that. Yeah, it's a nice texture. So it's it's, it's yeah. really, really, really soft. There's a, a nice knitwear shop in London. Luke, Luke. Uh, asked, asked us to make stuff especially for them. Brilliant. So the finer you make the yarn, the finer you draft it and spin it, the more twist you have to put on to get it strength. So if yeah. you're not careful, you lose the very essence of alpaca, which, yeah. is, which is the softness. So thicker plies can be softer, softer soft spun. spun. Yeah. And that gives you a really so nice... The, the, the alpaca tweed only has about five twists per inch on it. Okay. Which isn't very much yeah, at all. No. Um, whereas our two ply will have seven or so, seven point five, which still isn't a lot compared to some mills. I mean, I know we've got a, a friend who owns a mill down in Dorset, and he puts on nine twists per inch as a standard on absolutely everything. Okay. So, but we fiddle. Yeah. Because we, we don't have old-fashioned equipment with gears. We just have to turn a, a knob or a dial. And, and I guess it's that thing that you were saying about always tinkering and making sure you get the very best yeah. out of what you've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we we pay close attention to each individual fleece, so that um, you know we're uh, you know we're not taking a sort of really coarse fleece and trying to put tons of twist on it, and it, you end up with a very very hard um, yarn. Yeah, so. and, and I guess because alpaca is so soft that it just needs enough to keep. It hold it together really. yeah. 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 yeah yeah so so it's been carded it's quite an aggressive card where it's got wire um, workers and strippers rather than uh, or you know when I say wire I mean sawtooth uh-huh. wire around it so, so it's quite it's a more a worsted card than a woolen one so it's quite it's really alpaca's very fine but very strong yes whereas the same micron in a Shetland might well get shredded slightly on this um but it's just so aggressive but um we need it so with, with alpaca so we, we do a semi-worsted process because the carders are quite aggressive and do a lot of work stretching out but then we don't actually it doesn't get combed 
uh, it gets where, where the pin drafted. Oh yeah. Or we just put it through this thing called the draw frame. Yeah. Which is basically about that's more about evening out the slivers okay. rather than combing for a worsted yeah. for the worsted yarn. The, the, this, this produces a more worsted type yarn, but but it's a case of balancing up. Yeah. I guess itself. This, this has got you know a whole series of combs like you would have on a really big pin draft, but it's just a small scale machine. We, we put in measured weights at the other end. It's not, it's not I mean, automa automated, or big mills will have automated feed, but we do it all by hand. So we actually just, we weigh out 80, 85 gram feeds at that end of alpaca. So we know that 85 grams at that end, at 100 RPM, gives us however many meters at this end. But again, it's easy to adjust this for different things. So if we've got quite a coarse fleece, We'll put in heavier feeds because more will come out the bottom. It, it'll lose more fibre in it. Yeah. Very, very fine fibres that might be a bit tender. We put in very light feeds and it goes at a faster speed uh, so that it doesn't, we don't break the fibres. And then you get this swivel at the end of it. Yeah. And this is where we make we make rovings for hand spinners. So it just comes out here and it gets wound round. And they're, they're quite popular. Yeah, I bet they are. I've yeah. tried spinning with, when I first started drop spindling, yeah. Then I got, I wanted to try different fibres and I got some black alpaca, which was absolutely filthy. Yes. And um, every time I like, thought it was clean and I would spin it and then more stuff would come yeah. out of it. And it was really, I find it as a first time spinner, really hard to spin just from the fibre, from yeah. the fleece. Yeah. Well, the only thing that hasn't happened to it is spinning. Yeah. So all the person has to do at the end is just, they're, just... they're, they're pull bumps in the middle and, and spin. So it's a... Uh, it's really convenient. Yeah, well, so, now, now I have a spinning wheel and I've not yeah. tried spinning alpaca yet, so right. I must get some try. Yeah. I did buy one of their center pool bumps of alpaca roving. 250 grams of beautifully hand-dyed roving. So easy and beautiful to spin. I will put a photo in the show notes of the finished hank of yarn. Back to the mill floor and the slivers that have come off the carder are now being pulled through a draw frame with three slivers being combined into one. John says that this evens out any inconsistencies. As we wait for Bruce to load up the spinner so that John can demonstrate that part of the process, we talk about some of the mill clients and the kind of alpaca blends and wool yarns that they like to create. But, uh, but we do quite a lot of rare breed sheep for people as well. Um, Chop Ginger, have just yes. got, she's just got her BFL. BFL. In the beginning, was it just alpaca that you were uh, spinning? One of our very first things was swabble. Oh yeah. For someone, <laughs> uh -huh. AKA Brillo bad. It wasn't yeah. the best uh, fleece a harsh on the planet. One. Yeah. It can be. If possible, we, we, we would blend with alpaca because it, well, obviously it's an expensive process. So what that means is that you'll end up with a much more sort of luxurious feel to the product. So it makes the whole thing more worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and we do believe that Wakaya alpaca it, it is a magic fiber. Anything you blend it with just comes out beautiful. But, so, uh, so we've got some clients, we do Shetland and they send us Shetland and their alpaca and ask for a 50-50 blend. We've got someone who does, um, was it Cheviot? Oh, I like Cheviot. Cheviot, Cheviot and alpaca, wasn't there one? Cheviot is, is a great one. Well, I mean, what you did with the with the Chopped Ginger project is in, was incredible, I think. And really, I've knitted with those, you know, sheep's yarns before, but never, ever seen such a nice yarn. Really, I mean, the teaswater particularly, a lot of the teaswater that I've knit with and seen before is a very, very lean 
yarn and yeah. hasn't got a lot of body to it and mm. what right. you spun was gorgeous um, a really 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 special people love that people love the story yeah. Yeah. They, and they want yeah. there's a big audience for that I think yeah. and, and if people want mass-produced yarns then go to yeah <laughs> buy it. <laughs> thing I think that you know, for people who enjoy knitting or crafting with wool, it's like our food now. We want to know yes. where it's come from, you know, which farm, which field, what's yeah. the story behind it. And I think it's it means like a... so much more. Tea break over, it's back to the mill to watch the spinning process. I realise that what is being described here is quite visual, so let me set it up for you and remind you the images are in the show notes at knitbritish.net. There are two spinning machines. John attaches a lead as you would to your spinning wheel and the sliver grabs on as the machine starts to spin. So when they're, they're both going, it's a bit noisy. So we've got our singles here. I've started them off at a sort of generic weight, a generic draft, okay. uh, making light we decay. But what we'll do in a minute, I'll, I'll take a sample of that and we'll weigh so we know what it should be. It should be about 0.17 of a gram for a metre okay. for our making our light we decay. So uh, this, is the, this is the only time we actually get a real measurement of what we're spinning. So uh, just for a nice consistent single. The spinner just works straightforward, slow, roller fast roller and then it drafts out in the apron section so 17 and a half times and then the spindle speed just varies how much twist per inch you put on and of course we big old-fashioned spinners need spanners cogs change whatever it's not all we all we do is set it running it's a bit noisy again john explains that these Newer spinning machines are very adjustable at the touch of a dial and it's easy to see if the yarn needs more or less twist. And it's pretty awesome to watch that yarn being created. That's so satisfying to see that become yarn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, you just set the machine going and off yeah. it goes. Yeah. Well, except of course it doesn't always work like that. <laughs> so, so we can actually just leave it running and walk away pretty okay. much but except you can't because it, yeah. they're, they're, they do do untrustworthy things <laughs> you know for example the, the, these travellers yeah. which put the twist on it they you know they sometimes just ping off <laughs> you, you find them I find some travellers up there and sometimes they ping and end up in cans over there and then, and then you won't notice it's a pain it's a problem until it gets jammed in there oh for goodness for sake example. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, as, as long as you've got the weight of the right weight of traveller for what you're making, um, you know the light of the yarn, the light of the traveller, and so on. Or if you want to get lots of twist, you put on a lighter traveller so it goes around faster. Okay. If you want to heavier travellers, lock in more of the fibres. So um, there's all, there's all sorts of science, but we we tend to start with, you know, my favourite weight of traveller, which is these green ones, and then I'll either make it lighter or heavier, depending on what I want to do with it. I'll, I'll weigh that and I'll just adjust accordingly. Do I want it to be a bit heavier, a bit lighter? Different and different alpaca weighs different for its length as well. Because black alpaca tends to be a bit flatter, a bit heavier. Uh -huh. Really fine white alpaca tends to be a bit more airy, a bit lighter. So okay. you get a, a slightly thicker single. 
So it's a kind of balance of, does that look right for a DK or does it look yeah. really thin or... I quite like spinning the silk blends because silk's a longer fibre. Yeah. Um, you can make it really fine. What is your least preferred fibre? Are you allowed to say? <laughs> <laughs> My least preferred fibre is... No, I'll be diplomatic and say and say no. I, I uh, they, they can all be problematic. I mean, even, even really nice alpaca yeah. can be a pain. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, I guess. But no, it's really, all... really short staple stuff is is the worst. It doesn't matter if it's alpaca or sheep or angora or whatever else. If it's if it's just a, a little bit too short, then it's just a real pain to spin. Okay. And you've got to put on more twist fringe than you want to put on. Okay, and you said angora there. We're about to do some angora rabbit. That's yeah, for someone. Awesome. Yeah. Is that somebody in the UK? Or is yeah. That... Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So, so is that the most unusual? We've never done it before. No, we've done dog. Have you? Oh, yes. What kind of dog? Uh, a collie. Of some wow. sort of 14 years of uh, <laughs> their brushings from their <laughs> favourite collie dog. And when she died, they sent us the stuff to be made into yarn. Oh, my goodness. That's really touching. <laughs> yeah. Was that unusual? I mean, did you just approach it in the same way you approach it? Yeah, well, it, was quite, it was quite long. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't too much of a problem. But the, you know, it does still smell, even after all the washes, it still smells of dog. <laughs> so, so you might have a hat or a scarf, but as soon as it's damp, yeah. you're going to smell a bit doggy. We've done camel day to do. We do llama, which is okay, but it smells completely different to alpaca. Alpaca is quite a neutral smelling, yeah. but I'll, you can definitely tell when we've got llama on the go. <laughs> all sorts of weird sheep, and uh, someone's going to, someone tried sending us some, uh, no, it was either Vicuna or Guanaco. Oh, yes. But it was just too fine and too yes, short staple. To we, we, we wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Because it would just be shredded on the machines. Mm. It's incredible to see the whole process. It's brilliant. It's nice that you can see it from yeah. start to finish. Some places do this, some don't, but we, we tend to steam yes. our, our fibre um, with alpaca. Um, we do it just because it but it just helps set the twist in the yarn. It does. Um, and it, we find it also just... Opens it up. Open, it up a yeah. bit. And, yeah. More important with sheep. Sheep's got more memory than alpaca and wants to untwist more. Yeah. Um, but because we always, we, you know, we always try to make a balanced yarn off, straight off the plier. Um, but this just helps. And uh, this is just... Juliet's going to be weaving some things for a client, so this is all just going to cone so that it can go back to the house and... I was really interested to hear about Juliet's weaving and we shall hear about some of her work a little later. But now for a change of sound as we go into the skeining area where Holly is working on the new yarn. Someone, in this case Holly, <laughs> uh, will put it on the balls of chains and we'll, we'll, we'll label it up for this Beautiful. Protocol. So that's alpaca silk. Gorgeous! This is our next one, we're going to try it at five weeks. Oh, lovely! So 70% of silk. Beautiful colours so as well. Two-ply. That's gorgeous. Around about 5nm um, as a ply yarn. Oh yeah. And what about the dye? You do that all here as well? No, it's, it's done in the kitchen. In the kitchen? Mm -hmm. In stock pots. <laughs> and it's natural, is it natural dyes you use? Uh, no, it's acid dyes for this. Okay. Um, we did do some natural dyeing on the finished product um, at the start, but um, to be when you're doing large quantities of stuff to get really consistent colours, we just we dye 
500 grams of alpaca at a time in oh, yeah. whatever colors we need. Uh, we've got our, all our recipes uh, for whatever we're happy to be doing so we know how much orange we need. And, yeah. But then, but then instead of having these sort of really bright um, vinegar dyes, yeah. we add in um, natural alpaca. So we might put in with, uh, with reds or oranges, we'll put in some pale fawn alpaca. Wow. Just to kind of tone it down a bit. Yeah. And then when we're making the alpaca tweed, it's often, you know, two strands of dyed alpaca and some strands of, Natural. you know, there might be black or brown or whatever in there with it, depending Lovely. on what the recipe is. Yeah. I guess a much kind of more heathered yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is actually dyed silk and natural alpaca. Oh, wow. So it's done the other way around. That's lovely. So that's that silk that we both buy in. God, that's gorgeous colour. These are all really um, autumn-y kind of, yeah. you know, lovely colours that... So, so th this, this is where we're just... We've gorgeous. Decided we've decided a whole range of new colours for the alpaca silk and we're doing alpaca mohair in another oh. similar range of colours, pure alpaca, um, alpaca tweed. And then that's what we're going to kind of concentrate on for our own yarns. That's going to be so popular. <laughs> well, hope so. Oh, it is, definitely. John and Juliet gave me a little sample of that alpaca silk, which will be launching at Fibre East on the 29th of July, where John and Juliet will be vending. I'll tell you a little bit more about that yarn after this interview. Next, John wanted to show us some of Juliet's beautiful weaving work. Ooh, <laughs> oh my goodness. This is, oh, this is the alpaca and silk. Okay, we just made some random stuff. This is just random leftover that's bobbin ends. Gorgeous. That we just plied together and you know, just wove it as a <gasps> pattern. That's incredible. Ridiculously that's... soft. And <gasps> now, this is interesting. Oh. Tell me what you think that's alpaca blended with. Mm. Mohair? Nope. Did I, get, did I get another guess? You get another <laughs> <laughs> It's not silk. Bamboo? Nope. Bamboo doesn't give such a shine. But we do do, we do, do bamboo for people. Okay. Okay, I'll have to give in then. It's rose fibre. No, that's incredible. It's lovely, isn't it? How do you get fibre from rose? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> we were, well, what we were told the other day was that what they do is they pulp it, they bash it, uh, and soak it in acid to make it pliable. Wow. Whatever, they, 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 they spin from the, this pulp. That's incredible. What a shine. I can't go over that, rose. That's incredible. I've never heard of that before. It's, it's an amazing a, thing. It's an astonishing shine to it. Yeah. Silk actually looks quite flat. It does. It? When you <laughs> see the two really together, bizarre. that's yeah. so bizarre. But, but silk's lighter. Julia does commission weaving for people as well. So if they want oh, to really? send their fleece, we'll turn it into whatever yarn oh, well. Julia wants to weave with. More often than not, it's a sort of light fold line uh -huh. um, with a wee bit of extra twist put on it. So they send in their fleece and they uh, get this back. And they'll, they'll <laughs> that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> not not cheap, but <laughs> no, but, um, but special, very it's, it's special. Worth, it's worth it, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate that you you know you pay a, a fair price for something that's made with quality materials and and been made through the craftsmanship. It's so th this is the rug yarn I was referring to. Ah, which is sort of it's just wound onto a, a, a bump. I'll show you some things you can make with it in a, in a minute. But um, one of the things that Georgia was going to be doing was experimenting with it. Okay. For us, because you know we, we we can make it. Yeah. But we're not 100% sure what you can That's do. That's a fantastic it. texture. So we, we know some people. It's very soft and it's it's got a core. So, but it's an alpaca core. So yeah. we, we we actually made some two ply alpaca yarn 
specifically to use a <laughs> with some lots of good fleece. But we know some people get it. They were just we just sent someone off yesterday with they sent in thirty kilos and half of it was made into rug yarn. Wow! And you can make it into really nice cushion covers, or you can you know use a peg loom to weave it. Yeah. Or you can put it you on a put it on a. You can make rug. You can make. You can actually make rugs with it. Yeah. You could, I could see that being knitted up on giant needles as well, and just yeah. Uh, someone did Tunisian crochet with it. That yeah, that would be fantastic under. texture. Yeah, yeah. Never seen that before. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So we're always trying different things, but what we're, we're going to try and just concentrate on producing a small range of our own things. Next, we head to the shop to see samples of the Border Mill yarn range. Oh, but, so uh, is this the? So that that's a rug made with rug yarn. In fact, wow. there was one here. Oh. Oh my goodness, so soft. Yeah, not sure how hard wearing it is. It's more a bedside rug than yes. anything else, or purely decorative. Or like, yes, a wall <laughs> hanging, a wall or hanging, a, yeah. yeah, back of a... But we're, we're oh trying to um, stabilise it, so we've been trying various backings. Yeah. To see, um, it's quite big. Yeah, it is. We do sort of random bumps of colour. Yeah. So just with anything we've got left over, we put it make rug yarn with it. Oh, that's incredible! So, um, I love so, that. So and that's just woven ran completely randomly. Oh. I just love that. I love the texture of it. And, and the... the other ones the same in naturals. Yeah. It's it's all pure alpaca. Yeah. It, through and through, it's just alpaca. The thing that uses eight eight bumps of each bump is about three hundred and fifty grams. That's just lovely. I so it's quite good fun. Yeah. And then we, you know these these are all those centipool bumps that match. Oh yeah. Um, match the um, various yarns we've got. So th this is all our loopy. Loopy style yarns. Oh yes, that we tried at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Mm. The, this stuff's sold quite well. The singles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just loose twist. Lovely. And then we've got this little heavy one. And what is the the yarn that you were talking the tweed that you're selling? That's, that's this stuff. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. So it's a, it's a yeah, the Americans call it a worsted weight, roughly 190 meters mm. for a hundred grams. Gorgeous. The colours are fantastic. And they and it's such a lovely heathered look to them, like yeah. you were saying before about the the texture of them. It's gorgeous. We, we refined it a wee bit since we did the first ever. Uh, yeah. Batches. So it's a bit lighter now and a bit more consistent as well. The spinners have their limits. Yeah. Um. So we find it quite difficult to make really thick yarns. So when we're making the lopi, we don't actually um we don't draft that at the spinner at all. It's just. Mm. It's given three and a half twists per inch. On the okay. spinner, no drafting at all. We take off the, the aprons and the rollers. And then we let it sit overnight for the twist to go stale. And then we take off an inch and a half, a twist and a half per uh -huh. inch. So it's only got about two twists two per twists. inch in total. Wow, it's beautiful texture. And then, and that's it. That's it. Oh, lovely. So it does actually weave quite nicely. Yes, it does. That's and, gorgeous. And that's it knitted. What a lovely so. texture. Yeah, and it, of course it's and very, it's much softer than the traditional Icelandic yeah thing, exactly which is, yes <laughs> because there's so many people who really love that texture of yarn the the yeah. sort of the spin of the yarn and how yeah. well it knits up but it's they find it too mm -hmm. harsh against mm -hmm. so we, 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 I mean we, this this all started as an experiment yeah to, to see what we could do um, so when did it start John when did five years pretty much yeah. since we had our first client and did you have the alpacas first uh, we had. Um, a walled garden there was about two and a half acres of it uh, and we planted up half of it and didn't know what to do with the other half so we said oh let's get a few alpacas so we got three boys uh -huh. just pet boys just for fun uh, and then there were another four boys and then some girls and then suddenly there were more alpacas and, <laughs> and then we 
didn't know what to do with their fleece, so we looked at getting it spun up at mills, and every mill in the UK had a ridiculously long waiting list. Yeah. And Volus still do, actually. And probably a bit, yeah. uh, you need quite a big amount of If, of if you want to go anywhere serious, yes. Mm -hmm. there, there were three other small-scale mills. Um, generally, the, 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 there's a guy down in Dorset, he has a 10 kilo um, minimum batch okay. size because he's got old-fashioned big equipment. Oh, yeah. And there was a mill in Lincolnshire who decided recently that they weren't going to do stuff for other people anymore. And yeah. then there's a mill in East Anglia who do small batches like we do. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's, you know, kind of the natural fibre company. Or yeah, whatever. And, and, and then they've got 20 kilo minimum yeah. batches. And there was a there was one in Hag Haggers Mill who did alpaca. Oh, yeah. But, then it, but they wanted big batches as well. Mm. And it was people all batched together and sent their stuff off so they weren't necessarily getting their, their own, own fibre back. back yeah so but we what we you know we can guarantee that okay there you send us three kilos of whoever's fleece you know huey or esmeralda or whatever they'll pack <laughs> and and we'll process it and give you back two and a bit kilos of it as yeah. whatever yarn you want and and and, and 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 we can make two different yarn weights out of a batch that size as well mm -hmm. which people quite like yeah so is is this your background, John? Or did no, no, you, no, I was a teacher. You were a teacher? Yeah, primary teacher for uh, many years in Middle Lothian. Um, and then, and Juliet was a sort of corporate project person at Newcastle City Council. Okay. Oh, well, and and she'd, been, she'd been in Edinburgh as well as a, she worked for the, um, an organisation called SIGN, Scottish International Guidelines. Oh, yeah. So medical guidelines. Mm -hmm. And then she did project management at Newcastle. And then we, about six years ago, said... <laughs> time for a change of direction. <laughs> so we bought a mill. Um, we just we started off quite small. We only had we you got to buy one of everything to start with. Yeah. Uh, so we bought one of everything, and uh, every year since we've bought another of something. So uh, so we've got you know, three fibre separators and two carders and two spinners and whatever else and, and the extra, extra washing and whatever else and you started off to you know process your own fibre and then as you say these um, mills we, we've never done much of our own fibre no we didn't have time as, <laughs> as soon as we opened other people started sending us stuff got friends in Northumberland who own Barnacre alpacas and they were our very very first clients we bought some alpacas from them and they brought all the stuff to us and that was our first lot and that was in June 2011 and we've been busy all year, every year since, even with growing. Yeah. So we so we've gone from about processing about twenty kilos a week to processing about sixty odd at the moment. Wow. So um so it just but it's actually more than that because we do for ourselves, and we work weekends and yeah <laughs> and whatever else. So it's uh yeah so it's quite it's, it's quite good but it's very hard work. Um it's long hours and going slightly deaf as well. So. <laughs> yes, it's not the quietest. No, if I find that the telly gets louder <laughs> every year, we have to turn it up a bit more. <laughs> so, when did you start producing your own yarn then? For the first Edinburgh Yarn Festival, 2013. Which was 2013. Yeah, we did, we wow. did some small batches of our own stuff for that, and then we didn't do any of our own stuff after that, and did the alpaca tweed for the 2015 Edinburgh Yarn Festival. So we decided that we'll make so make our own stuff. We'll go along and see how we do. Yeah. And now it's just growing it's pretty it's exponential yeah. yeah so um, we would, we're also moving slightly towards making our own stuff for um the online shop and various festivals around the place so yeah. next year we'll look at other 
yarn festivals and see what we can go to. to but Edinburgh has been really successful for us the past two years. Yeah. I think it's a really special um, stage for a lot of a lot of really special sellers like yourselves, yeah. like really special businesses. We're, we're looking for the niche market. Yeah. Um, not we don't want to do mass bridges. You know, we can we can do bog standard two ply, four ply, yeah. DK, whatever else in just plain colours, but mm -hmm. we don't like it. So. No, and the fact that you know you do silk blends and you do a, a, a lopi style yarn and you yeah. have this fanta this fantastic rug yarn that and i have fallen in love with <laughs> from from the last five years did you expect to be standing in your own port cabin shop <laughs> surrounded by goods well we, we we did have sort of dreams of what we're going to do but uh yeah, it takes you an awful lot longer to realise them than you think. Yeah. So the first kind of three years were just spent just doing things for other people all the time and just trying to survive, um, you know, month to month. And how have you seen the fibre industry change in that time and the sort of uh, the attitudes about, um, in general, about local fibre and... Um, well, I definitely sense that um, the local, the the... the, the the hat or the scarf or the yarn made from that animal, and there he is, definitely has, it is yeah. increasing, and that's why, you know, some of our clients, so we're, we're seeing more people who want the small-scale locally produced um, things like chopped ginger or mm -hmm. um, Julie from the Black, Black Isle, Isle. Um, or hooligan yarns, um, but that, that sort of thing is definitely increasing. Mm -hmm. And the marketing side of it too, we, we, we also produce, if people want, we'll produce labels with all the relevant information on it for them with a picture of the alpaca it came from That's on it and it says but people do ask for that mm -hmm. they say they say can you put a picture of whichever beastie it is and we'll photograph them and send it to you it's great because I think that's it. We were saying before that people are far more aware now and want to know where where did my yarn come from yeah. and yeah. you know what's the, what's the the name of the animal that it came from is uh, uh, and a picture is is incredible yeah. and I think that. It is changing, and do you see more people who are having their own flocks spun, you know, yeah. for the first time? I, I think yeah. there's a lot, yeah. there's a bigger increase in that yeah. now. I see. Yeah. I, I, I think the price, the cost of it is off putting to some people, but you do have, there is a premium, people will pay a premium for the yarn that's mm -hmm. produced from your individual flock. Mm hmm. Uh, as Sarianne has shown. Yes, and I think that's it. I think, I think a lot of people who are having their their fleece and fibre spun for the first time don't actually think or can't actually visualise that what that yarn product means to a knitter and how much they'll actually pay for that. Yeah. I get, get quite yeah. a lot of people who will say, oh, I'm thinking about, I'm a small holder, I'm thinking about having my... Um, but I looked at the prices of it. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I always say, but then you have to think about, there, there is a grabby handy market for yeah. what, you got, yeah. what you've got. Well, we, because I think that people who then go for the what they see as the cheaper option are going to a mill who are spinning whatever their breed of sheep is in the same way that they'll spin every single breed of sheep. Maybe not thinking, well, this would be better semi-worsted spawn or this breed yeah. needs less of a twist or whatever. Yeah. And what yeah. they get at the end of it yeah. is not as popular with, with the market because not the kind of yarn, mm -hmm. specialty yarn. Yeah. So it's I mean, we, 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 we can't do everything and we do struggle with some fleeces, um, in which case we're, you know, very honest about you know yeah. you might not get a perfect yarn back from that particular kind of fleece because we find it difficult to work with it you know that's particularly softer springier fleeces yeah we, because we're not we're not a woolen yeah mill we do a semi-worsted or slightly more towards the worsted mm -hmm. sort of thing so we um luster fleeces come out perfectly yes. without a single 
blot or slub or anything I inside. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, we did we did set up as an alpaca mill. Yeah. Because it was particularly alpaca we wanted to do. We we're actually looking Scottish alpaca, um, but we take it from, we get it from everywhere. Um, no, but uh, but there are some people who want Scottish sheep spun in Scotland marketed in Scotland with yeah. made in Scotland on the label yeah. or whatever so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a bit different and do you um, produce a, an alpaca and cheap yarn as well I'm sure I saw we that maybe two did, years we, ago we've done some so we did do some stuff we did some um, is that alpaca, alpaca and friends or something alpaca and friends <laughs> we've got Blueface Leicester goes particularly well oh my goodness this look at those alpaca and Blueface Leicester blend and it's all natural dyes Oh, that's gorgeous. So that's ivy berries. <laughs> and that's uh, that's um That's so bright. Ooh, madder. Oh yes. Other things, so. These are gorgeous. I what a lovely I love the feel of that. I love the the wooliness in that. These are gorgeous. I don't think it's all about getting people discovering what fibre can, can do yeah. together and, yeah. and, and what it's like when you blend well, the, them together. The face Lester is very similar to Alpaca in terms yeah. of staple length and so on, so it's, it and blends very smoothly. It's gorgeous, that's really um, nice. Shetland and Alpaca can turn out really nice depending on the Shetland. Yeah, I, I think it would need to be quite a fine fine Shetland, would it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, but we, we, we actually, we, we can also buy in already prepared Shetland in terms of tops. Oh yeah. The, Real Shetland, is that the, the, Kurt, Kurt, the Shetland, yeah, Curtis, Kurt, Urban Curtis, yeah. yeah. But we we actually buy and prepared tops from him, yeah, and then and then we get really nicely prepared. It's um, usually super fine the tops yeah, that you get yeah, from them yeah. as well. And, and then we just blend it at the carder. So and that's Shetland wool from Shetland, that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just lovely. It's very straightforward, and the same with we can do the same with Blueface Lesser. This, oh, this is this is the the killing. <laughs> yeah, this is Sierra Lutz. Yeah, jumper, but this is the um, loopy that we made. Oh wow! So that's how it knits up. That, that's how. Oh, like that's gorgeous. But the loopy's Dim. got a little bit of merino in it. Ah, extra warmth. More for the stretchiness. Yeah, to, to hold it together. Yeah. Well, I really like the texture of that knit. Tearing ourselves away from the loveliness of the border mill stock and the knitted and woven samples, we head back to the mill and marvel again at the wondrousness of that rose fibre which really needs to be seen to be believed. I also wanted to get John and Julia out of the noise of the mill floor to ask them a little bit about their future plans. I think it's actually more... You know, it's definitely not crushed up rose fibres that are then... No. I think they're actually extracting yeah. from the, the plant fibre. So to that extent, it's, it's, just it's more like a viscose than a natural yeah. fibre. But, but even so, it's a nice bit of recycling. It's gorgeous. Um, it really this, this is. Was actually, I think this is almost too shiny because this is 50-50. Just um, awesome. So I think to try that in the same kind of blend as we use with the silk, which is more like 70-30 or 75-25, yeah. I think actually might be might be nice and to be honest, the teams certainly like the the rose fibre a lot more than the silk the silk is actually quite a pain is it it's, it's so <laughs> fine it, yes it pills so we have to use tiny tiny feeds nice. going through the card so it takes forever um and it's it's just a monster for static any excuse and it just goes this, haywire i just love this whereas I this just... was much better behaved. and what was it like uh, how did you feel to weave with it did it feel different a different fibre to to work with not particularly. No, it was actually very nice because mm. it was very strong. I mean, generally anything with alpaca will be fairly strong anyway. Yes. Um, but it was very strong. It was very smooth, 
no, it was just just lovely. So and I, I mean, it's it must be so nice for you to be at both ends of the yes. the spectrum because well, so you, you see it coming in and then you get to create with it at the end and well, leave. The whole thing about the mirror is making something real and it's from start to finish. You know, whereas previously I'd only ever worked in offices and ri written themes on paper that nobody ever read, and that <laughs> is just you know, just what have I actually done? You know, yeah. so actually to have something tangible is lovely and you know some of our clients want a, a finished product rather than a, a ball of yarn yeah john said so that so they send the, the fiber in and this is what they get back exactly. <laughs> and they're so chuffed you know I bet. obviously it's very very expensive yeah quite right <laughs> quite right but it is very very yeah. special so yes well, i have a favorite client who basically every year she sends us the the, the fiber from her three alpaca she's only got three it's not even brilliant fiber and it's just sort of make me something beautiful and she doesn't even seem to mind particularly what so I said okay this year watch how about we use some plant dyes and we blend it with some sheet wool and then we make some throws and then the next year we'll put in some silk and we'll make you some that's some, some scarves or whatever so, so you get a lot of commission quite a few actually and yeah. I've probably got about two or three customers a, one, a month who mm -hmm. want want something special woven either as a special present there isn't really the margin in it if, if it's something people want to sell on yeah um but it it, it, it works if it's something yeah. where they just want something very special I for a, a wedding present or, or something incredibly um, special and that yes that is very very nice yeah so because john was telling us about what your background uh, was before this and looking back then do you think you'd be where you are now well, I suppose I'd always dabbled in crafty stuff and never thought that it could be a, a career or relate it to a career. Yeah. Um, but that's only because of the choices I made. You know, if I'd been more sensible when I was 18, I'd have done what George has done and gone and done a textiles degree and then I could have got here 30 years ago. So but then yeah. I probably wouldn't have done because, <laughs> because again, there's a lot of capital investment had to go into this. So yeah. we probably, we couldn't have done it no. before. I'm a, quite a believer in... Um, the Charles Handy philosophy. He's the um, one of these sort of management guru, but, but okay. a much more sensible management guru. No, no, no acronyms or anything like that. <laughs> he, he wrote a book called The Empty Raincoat. Um, oh. But he introduced this concept of the portfolio career, okay. which is basically means that you basically don't have to sort of start out as this and sort of follow a direct line and end up at the end and that's it. It's basically a, a fancy way of saying you can zigzag around a bit. And I like um, that. he also said that you should reinvent yourself every seven years. Which quite coincidentally, two, I have. So yes, basically we've got two two more years, and then we're going to have to. <laughs> and then, and then what? <laughs> yes, then we'll then we'll see. But uh, yeah. Well, what do you think is next for the border mill? Because as as I was saying, it's been fantastic to be in your little shop and mm. to see. You know, when I first saw you at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, the first one... Well, we didn't have a clue, did we? I, no, no, but you had this fantastic product yeah. that nobody else had. It was, the, it was like this lovely... It was plant-dyed and it was just oh, something yeah, a bit it was, more... It was from our white lines, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, it was something yeah. a bit special and it was a bit different. And now you have all these fantastic, you know, the lopi yarn and the tweed yarn and yep. now this gorgeous silk yarn yep. and... So what do you want to do next? What's, well, what's it, it, it's taken us a very long time. Consolidate, I think. Yeah, exactly. Because particularly with the yarn, part of the problem was because we could literally make anything, mm -hmm. trying to decide what we would make and then would it sell, um, took a while. So it's, it's quite nice now that we've, we've, we've sort of found our niche in terms of, of, of the types of yarn that, that we like and other people seem to like. So, so that's, mm. that's quite nice now that well, we, well, we, well, we can well, consolidate well, we, on those. We made, and we made the alpaca mohair about three years ago. Yeah. And then we, we didn't do anything with it. We didn't try and sell it or whatever. So it didn't sell. So we thought it was a failure. But then we took it to this year's Edinburgh Yarn Festival and sold 
pretty much the lot. So, so yes, carrying on making the nice things that we like and then and the things we something, a, a sort of a new thing each yeah. year. So in fact, from some of the odds and ends of the tweed that we were making, using to make the, sorry, the silk we were using to make the very fine silk blend, we just had a go at just making a thicker yarn, a bit like the alpaca tweed, but with silk. And it's absolutely lovely. So that might be our, <laughs> you know, our, our, our new thing for next year. Yeah. Or possibly the, the, the rose fibre. Yeah. As long as we can just, just reassure ourselves that it is actually a... A sort of good, yeah, a good thing in terms mm. of how it's made and where it's made and, and that kind of thing. So, so there we go. I think so you've exhausted us. I'm so sorry, but it's been fantastic. <laughs> Shall we have a cup of coffee? Yeah. Thank you so much to John and Juliet for being so hospitable and uh, showing us around the the mill and giving us all that insight into the work that goes on there to create a really spectacular bespoke product for each of their clients and also for us. You can visit John and Juliet's website at www.thebordermill.co.uk where you can find out more about the yarn, the fleece processing, their alpacas, which sadly we didn't get to see this time, and also visit the mill shop. Also, do not forget that if you're heading to Fibre East at the end of this month on the 29th and the 30th of July, that you can see the board mill and squoosh those yarns for yourself. And that alpaca and silk yarn is just incredible. I'm knitting with it now and I will give you a full review on the Knit British blog next week because I haven't finished knitting the swatch. This is one of those yarns where a 4x4 swatch just isn't going to be enough. Um, this yarn is soft and silky. Everything that you could imagine from the combination of 70% alpaca and 30% silk dyed in really sumptuous colours. Yeah, it's it's an awesome yarn and I can't wait to tell you a bit more about it when I finish this this lacy swatch, which just is sumptuous and delicious to knit with. So do look out on knitbritish.net next week for a full yarn review on that yarn. And also there are a few changes that are happening at knitbritish.net. Please be patient in the meantime while we change things and then probably change them again and probably change the back and change them again um, this is all part of the ongoing work and momentum for uh, Knit British Thank you so much for listening I will be back at the end of the month with another episode where we will be talking the Book of Haps along and many many other things. In the meantime, if you're not already, do go over and join the Knit British Ravelry group and get chatting with the community there. Until next time, take good care. Bye for now.